Well, Merry Christmas. We can officially say that this Christmas Christmas. season. Was that Santa? Santa, come back. Uh, No, that was me laughing and I'm a girl. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, We're Rochelle and Carter. Uh, Another series starting here with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Uh, We we talk about what we're going through spiritually. But at this time, Mm -hmm. we're going through, of course, the Bible and the story of the, the first Christmas and what Christmas means. But then there's those other things that come along that are just fine. Mm-hmm. People just question sometimes on where these things are rooted, like, I don't know, Christmas trees, right. for example. Right. So this is Christmas traditions revealed. We should have really got somebody put together somebody some sound effects. That actually have, I just Instead of, all you tried, over a, you tried Police Academy over here doing your own really, sound effects. Really glad there's plexiglass between him and I right now. Very just, thankful. Just yeah. The droplets alone. Christmas traditions revealed. Let's see. It's fun to say. It is know. fun. It is fun. Christmas traditions revealed. Now, whether or not you've ever wondered about it, maybe, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like, but we should wonder. Why do we do this? Why is this just assumed that we do this every year, the tradition? Well, I think that the concern is maybe you've heard this, especially with the Internet. You've seen different theories floating around on is it okay to do? There's a lot of those things with Halloween, for example, that we discussed earlier of, okay, is this actually a spiritual like thing that we should stay away from? Or is this just kids getting candy and some cute costumes? And with this, it's like people have brought up different things like uh, Christmas trees and uh, even caroling, I yeah. believe, is one of them. And, and bows of holly. Bows of holly. And were these pagan things? Are these things that are are okay to do? Yes. Where do our cultural traditions stem from? Mm-hmm. So I looked it up on history.com. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so let, let's go to the very beginning. And the Northern Hemisphere, where the shortest day and the longest night of the year fall, December 21st or 22nd. Would somebody from the History Channel want you reading it like that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It just felt right. It, well, did it? It's called the Winter Solstice. And a lot of people believed, uh, we're talking way millennia ago, they believed that the sun was a god and that winter came every year because the sun got had gotten sick. <laughs> and they celebrated the solstice because it meant, well, at last the sun god is going to get well again. And so they brought in these giant boughs of evergreen, which reminded them of all the green plants that are going to grow again when the sun god was strong and, you know, spring popped up or summer returned and all this. I'm sorry. I just, for a second, I have to, I know, and I agree with, man, can you imagine those people worshiping a golden calf? And we're always, you know, tempted to make fun, but then pastors go, we would have done the same thing. And we worship money nowadays and we're no different. And the heart is completely the same. But I'm going to sit here and make fun of that for a second. Sun God gets sick the same time every year. Where does he go? I'm sorry. It's just so dumb. But but look at where we go when we choose to take God out of the picture. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we, we, we go dumb. We go dumb. We And we know that from past experience. Whenever I remove God from any scenario in my life. I'm not going to make an intelligent it's decision. It's going to be. It's just going to suffer. Yeah, Whatever happens, right. it's going to suffer. The ancient Egyptians, they, worked a, they worshiped a sun God named Ra. Uh, and you may have seen pictures of this guy he had like a head of a hawk and he had like this little sun as a blazing disc as a crown. And yeah, at the solstice, when Ra began to recover from his illness, they would fill their homes in Egypt there with green palm rushes um, to symbolize, you know, the triumph of life over death. So here's all this symbolism in a pagan culture. Mm-hmm. Pagan meaning it has nothing to do with God. It's it's separate and apart from who God is, right? Uh, early Romans participated in some of this. In fact, um, they decorated their homes 
and temples with evergreen and uh, the Druids. We know that they did stuff like this. I mean, it's all throughout history. So then this is what I think happened (laughs) somewhere along the line. People are like, "Mm, I'm taking this back Mm -hmm. for God. I don't know how it occurred. There are so many legends in regards to it uh, as to where the Christmas tree traditions, a lot of them mainly come out of Germany. They think, oh, Tannenbaum. They think that this this is where maybe it started. Others differ on that. Whether Where it actually began, I think is even besides the point. We want to take it to a scripture in Jeremiah, a scripture passage that a lot of Christian folk have taken it to, whether on social media or even calling you out on holidays and saying, how dare you put up this Christmas tree? Because the Bible calls you out on it in this passage of Jeremiah. It is a scary verse if you've never done it before, if you've never seen it before. Because I remember the first time I heard it read, yeah. I was like, I, uh, uh, what? This honey, is the go, Honey, go burn that thing. Let's burn it. Yeah. Uh, get out of the attic. Um, so here's what it says in Jeremiah 10. Hear what the Lord says to you, people of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Mm. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. For the practices of the peoples are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest and the craftsman shapes it with his chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold and they fasten it with hammer and nails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear that? You think, oh no. Oh, I done messed up. I just bought that $400 pre-lit tree. Uh-huh. The white one or the, the red, blue, green, all that? Oh no, it's the one that morphs. It goes from white lights to all the Whoa. colors and then it goes back again. It's quite lovely. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got to get rid of that thing because the Bible says no. And we take a lot of things in scripture out of context and yeah. we're never meant to. We're to read the whole passage. Why would why would anybody do that? Can you imagine if somebody did that with your life? Uh, well, people do that. Like any right? any one you, given moment in your life. You, you see that in media. You see one person say one yeah. line of a speech and we hear the headline. That's all I needed to hear. Well, but you didn't hear the, the other context. thousand words around it. Yeah. And so this was a very specific instruction to the people who were surrounded by pagan rituals, pagan culture, where people were making idols out of trees. Well, let's break that down, because what you said is it's an idol. What it what it sounds like is they just cut a tree out of the forest, but then it goes on. A craftsman shapes it into something. They adorn it with silver and gold. Real yeah. silver and gold, not ornaments. So what does They're that sound like? making it something so they can worship it. They're worshiping. That. Now, you may go to this place, of, but look at commercialism here in the United States. We have begun to make an idol out of the, the holiday called Christmas. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. We have to put... We have to put the emphasis on the reason why we celebrate always, and it's Jesus Christ. And in the very earliest traditions of the Christmas tree... I believe that's what they were trying to do. In fact, some uh, some of the history alludes to it was not even a tree per se at first. It was like a a wooden triangle that was meant to look like a tree and they would decorate it with boughs of, of evergreen. And the evergreen was something that they chose in the Christian circles to look at as look at the triangular shape because it represents the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There is a legend that says Martin Luther uh, was walking through the woods one day and the stars just were just glorious that particular evening and the starlight shone through the branches of the evergreen around him. And he's like, oh, I want to go mimic this at home. And so he was the first to put candles on the tree, whether that's actually true or not. That's what tradition says. Yeah. So it's interesting, those little those little facets. But I, I think 
we lose sight because of fear. We lose sight of what God gave us in freedom. Yeah. And God gave us trees to enjoy, to, um, to admire. And if one of those directs and points us to him, where is the sin in that? It is not about idolatry. Uh, taken out of context, that passage of Jeremiah has literally nothing to do with Christmas tree Mm-mm. at all. Um, this is something that over time, whether it was considered at one time pagan or not, Christians said, God made this tree. Yeah. And I'm going to use it. I'm going to take what you meant for with your purposes. I'm going to put God purposes in it. Torin Wells uh, is a Christian artist, has some great videos, by the way, at HopeOnDemand.com about how to live life and navigate. And he has a great video about being a megaphone and on social media and the dangers of that. But he talked about uh, when he does covers of songs that aren't Christian or even if he will uh, sings it and, and tweak a lyric or two. Most mm-hmm. musicians won't. I don't know how often he would would even do that. Uh, but he's redeeming it, he said. Yeah. I remember hearing him talking about that once. He's redeeming a song that's not sinful. We have an, another guy, John Cooper is the lead singer of Skillet. He's going to be on with this early next year, a new book called Awaken Alive to Truth and talking about culture and everything. But I think about it. John Cooper does rock music. Okay, he's not going to do the some of the lyrics that other mainstream rock musicians will do. Right. But could you imagine John Cooper going, oh, that band stole the the note E. Guys, we can't use the note E in any of our songs anymore. Yeah. The pagans got it. Not going to be able to use the note E. No, no, no. We're going to use the note E and we're going to sing about Jesus over it. Yeah. Like, that's what a Christian band does. God only ever wants a relationship with you and I. Why he does, only he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And we constantly add ingredients like fear to that relationship. And the first thing that, you know, during this season of Christmas, we talk about the angels' visitations, which are so amazing how these messengers from God, who that was literally what their job was, is just, all right, we're here to present this information along with all the other duties an angel might have, you know, including keeping us safe, guardian angel, if you will, or or whatever it is that God puts them up to. They are at his command. Mm -hmm. That's that's all we know, right? That he would send those mighty beings to us. But it tells us in scripture that we are made just a little bit lower than these characters, right? And he thinks so much of us that he sent his son to die for us. So we think so little of our relationship with God that he wouldn't, that he would add fear to that. No, the, the angel said fear not when he first presented information to people yeah. because he wanted to hugely emphasize this is not about fear. Uh, the law was something that people started putting fear into the midst of. When I say that people started, the enemy will try to pervert anything mm-hmm. that God sets out there to be good. He wants to twist it. And that this is certainly what happened over the course of millennia. The, the Jewish people, so many of them were faith-filled men of honor that served as Pharisees, Sadducees, that served as priests. But then there were those who just, I mean, I, I, like anybody else, you find insincere in a movement or in, in your church, in your job. They're just going along with the motions and they put the emphasis on places that was never intended by the the one who came up with the rules in the first place. You right, know, right. they'll find these caveats, these ways of getting around. And 
Well, I'll, you know, I'll, give, I'll give you a great manipulating example. Manipulating the system. I'll, I'll give you a great example of, uh, and we were, you know, we were talking about before we even did this podcast about, you know, if you're if you're staunchly in the belief that Jeremiah 10 is about Christmas trees, you you might not change your opinion with this podcast. Right. But if you're somebody that's like kind of heard this and kind of wonder like, where does this come from? Why, we, why do we, are we allowed as Christians to do these things? That's just kind of what we wanted to talk to you about and just give you what we know as facts. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll tell you how you said there's, there might be somebody going through the motions and caught up on a reason uh, that wasn't meant to be. And you take something like a church and I think the, the old school was uh, let's make sure that this is a holy place. Mm-hmm. People got dressed up in their Sunday best. Churches still do, for that sure. matter. You're not allowed drinks in the sanctuary, no coffee. You keep that outside or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think in the beginning, it's like, no, we all want to have this reverence. And then it can start to look like, if you're not careful, it's just a rule and it's a chore and it's a thing you have to do to make sure you're a good enough Christian. You can't bring coffee in here. Yeah. And I like what one of my pastors, I may have shared this before, what he said is, the gospel is offensive enough to the world. We already know the Bible itself says it's people will reject this. They will reject you when you're in Jesus as well. So let's as people not add extra things. Mm. No, you new person that's de- that I've never seen before at church. You can coffee outside, coffee outside. Right. Okay. You know what? Forget this place. Yeah. Like, let's, I don't want to get into the way. They may come in, sit down and go, you know what? This Jesus thing isn't for me. That the, we'll, the, the, We're told that's going to happen. Yeah. Or, and of course, a lot of people won't even show up to a church. But let's not add these things in fear mentality. Oh, Christmas trees. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, he gave us a tree and he gave us decorations and he gave us family and he gave us music. Let's enjoy the season. But like you said, remember what the reason of the season is. The emphasis always has to be on the relationship that you have with God. Uh, and maybe the opposite of that, that God has with you, that desires with you. It's never, hey, I want to fit you into my life. <laughs> he is life. Yeah, yeah. He is life. So this is always about him. If I'm aligned with him, it's like my child. I always come back to that relationship of a child because that's how God introduces himself to us in so many ways throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, th- in fact, Jesus was the one who introduced him as Abba, Daddy. You know, he was... He shows us in relationship throughout the Old Testament that he is there as a protector. But, you know, Jesus is like, this is your father in heaven. You are co-heirs with me when you agree to follow me. And I I can't fathom as a mom, and I know, Carter, you're now a dad. Your child wants to walk in in the light of who you are and walks with you and stumbles. Are you going to curse him or are you going to help him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, now there's going to be things along the way that if they are choosing to pull away from you, that has to be corrected clearly. But God is a God of love. Yeah. And he will correct when he needs to correct. But he, there is never, a, there is always a, I want to put the fear of me in you on a respect level. It's not about, hey, I'm about to send your body into the the gnashing of teeth place because I don't love you. I died for you. I do love you, but yeah. there are consequences to actions. So please learn from them. Walk with me. It's kind of like the equivalent of that walking with me with your child. Uh, if you want to go on a walk with your kid, so it's me and my son Ezra, and I want him to, he's not quite there yet, but if I want him to walk along with me, that's the point of this. I want to get to know him better and him to get to know me. Mm-hmm. And let's say he picks up a flower on the walk and keeps walking with me, but he's, he's enjoying both. Yeah. You could see of like, man, I, you know, why, well, of course I didn't create the flower, but I, I planted that flower in my yard or yeah. whatever. And that's, that's awesome, buddy. Let's, let's take it along. Why do you think God gave you taste buds? He wants you to enjoy what he made. 
Amen at Christmas season. Amen. But then, but then let's say Ezra takes the flower and goes and sits by himself and is just like, oh, this flower. Oh, yes. And I'm going. I worship the flower. Oh, God, he's enjoying it. But uh, it go? points to go on a walk with me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I just I, I think you're so right. We, we let's I think most Christians. I would say most Christians live in this freak myself out. Am I being good enough for God? We all do. Mentality. I do. Carter has admitted to me that he does. So you are not alone, but we always have to get back to what is truth. Yeah. And Jesus was constantly saying when anything that was kind of anxiety ridden came up in conversation, look up, look to me, look, look to me. Don't be looking around you at the circumstances. When Peter was walking on the water, when he started looking at the storm and the waves around him, what happened? He started to sink because he wasn't looking to Jesus. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. So if that's the truth, in relationship to that truth, how should I be looking now through the goggles of Christianity at Christmas trees? So Christmas trees are beautiful. And to me, I litter mine with ornaments of meaning. Um, And I... you know what? I could also be a living, walking Christmas tree. I, I, I like to use that symbolically in my quiet time. Well, your ugly sweater was pretty. Uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. You know, evergreen trees, I think, are depicted in Psalm 1. I have no proof of this. And David's probably like, when I get to heaven, he's going to be like, nah, nah, that wasn't about evergreen. But it talks about being planted by streams of water where I'm always in season mm-hmm. and I'm fruit bearing always. Well, what does that sound like to you? Yeah. Sounds like an evergreen. So to me right there, I've already got a tie to Christmas when I talk to my kids about Christmas trees. Christmas trees are amazing because the evergreen needles are literally leaves rolled up so tight. Oh, fascinating. Every single one of them, if you were able to dissect them, which they're impossible to do. I mean, I would imagine with the right tools and technology, maybe you could. But they're tightly rolled up leaves and they're able to contain the moisture, which is why they're evergreen. Interesting. They can keep that moisture for forever. So again, I'm, I want to always maintain the thing. God, he's characterized as, as living water. I want to always keep that with me. There's another tie-in for a Christmas tree parable type learning experience, not just for your children, for yourself. But yeah. I, I like the idea of that. And then, you know, I have ornaments on my Christmas tree at home that symbolize an outing, Carter. If I go on vacation to Disney or something like that, I'll bring back an ornament. Do you remember that time? I have those kinds of ornaments, though, on my own. If I'm if I'm to be like a tree planted by living water, streams of water, rather, excuse me, Psalm 1, that bears its fruit in every season, if I'm like a tree, what ornaments do I have in life? Some of them are good reminders. This is what I've been through. This is the places that God has given me. And sometimes the ornaments of my life, there have been places where it was not a good time, but God has taught me so much through them. And so there are different ways that you can minister to your family through decorations right there that have zero to do with pagan rituals. You are redeeming as what you were talking about with Torrin Wells. You're redeeming the situation just like Christ redeemed you and I. And if our focus is always on what we shouldn't do, what we shouldn't do, we lose the freedom part of when Jesus said the law was meant to serve you. Mm not the other way around. It is meant for you to understand the ways of who God is. And if it is keeping you from freedom in him, then that's, it's not serving its purpose. We have to find the balance of that, certainly, because, I mean, there's no way around thou shalt not kill. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it didn't That's, serve me that day, so I right. took that guy's life. <laughs> no, sin is sin, no, absolutely. Sin. Right. But, I mean, in terms of, like, he, God was trying to get through to his, his Hebrew kids who did not want to step forward in relationship with him. They wanted everything to go through their leader, Moses. You go talk to God on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. He's scary. I don't want to go there. Like, well, so now he Moses says to write down all of these regulations because you can imagine the kids trying to get around, you know, just like your own laws, like uh, the kid, you have to say please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Please! Thank you! Right. You know, right. they're trying to get around yeah. your ways. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure that a little bit like that, you know, they, they'd have to keep reconstructing. Like, all right, here's this law. If you really need me to spell it out for you, if you were walking in a relationship with me, you would know that's not of me. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. We'll get to a, a few more of these this Christmas season on uh, a different historical context uh, for them. Um, I, you know, I, I agree with the I have meaningful Christmas ornaments on my tree. Oh, is that nice? Uh-huh. That's so nice. Uh, my one that. You okay? One that comes to mind. Harder. Uh, Benny the Big Mouth Bass. <laughs> <laughs> he sings. Uh, no. I remember those days, too, when they sold them at Walmart on yeah. every shelf. I uh, I do want to talk about, uh, you were very emotional to me the other day, seriously, talking about that that Christmas gift that you, you never got. That one as a kid that you asked for. I know. That instead you got something else that wasn't that at all. What was what was that? It was, it was supposed to be a Cabbage Patch doll. Is that what you were talking about? Cabbage Patch doll, and right. instead my grandma, she said, oh, this is the same. Here's a real doll, a real baby doll, and it had realistic features, and it was the most creepy thing that she had ever given me, so Never that's got, okay. Never got that Cabbage Patch? The thought that counts, you know, so it's fine. It's well, fine. R- Rochelle, I, um, what I, is this? I went ahead and... What is this? I, I made an eBay purchase. Carter! And um, I Carter. got you... Oh, wait a minute. What was the one your grandma got you? It was a real baby doll. No, I accidentally got that. It's missing an eye. Oh, okay. You know what? We're going to wrap this oh. up. More Christmas traditions uh, next week. That is real. Here on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. <laughs>